What's up, what's up? This Gabe and we back Weapons of War podcast. Let's jump right in it. Two things I really want to talk about. This thing that's going around talking about the new masculinity and toxic masculinity. First, let's get into toxic masculinity. I want to start off by saying I want to do away with the term toxic masculinity altogether. This is not to discredit females or women who've come in contact with men who treated them lesser than they should or had superiority complexes and things like that. What I'm trying to say is, well, not what I'm trying to say, what I am saying is masculinity isn't toxic, it's misused, misunderstood. We grew up in a society where fathers are lacked in households, they're missing, and the fathers that are in households, not all, but a lot of them really don't understand masculinity, so therefore they have a Frankenstein sense of masculinity, and they pass it on to their children who just add on to this Frankenstein masculinity. So when you see it being played out, it may look a bit toxic, but I want to take away toxic because we need to teach young men, we need to teach boys what it is to be a man. And from what I would say is you got to go back to the Bible. How were men created? You know, men were created to be providers. We were created to be protectors. At times we have to be warriors. But now we have this thing to where society says what a man is supposed to be. Different cultures, blacks have a have an idea of what men are supposed to be. Whites have an idea of what men are supposed to be. Asians, Hispanics. And it shouldn't be racial. Masculinity, manhood should be manhood. You know? But when we look out on the landscape now, everybody has their own idea and they're putting it out there. So if you have someone who doesn't know what it's supposed to be and they see all these people a lot of people in prominent positions and they're portraying what they feel it is to be a man, it's easy to see how people will latch on to it. For a while, we lived in a culture where the man you see was big man on campus, had the money, had the all the accolades and whatnot, and had all the women and things like that. But that's not really what it is to be a man. Being a man is more than just having success, having money, being able to get a woman, those are so low on the totem pole. Manhood has to start with character, integrity, things like that, because all the external things, the success you have, how much money you have, the women you claim to or can get, that, that's secondary things. Those are things that are third, fourth, and fifth on the list of what it means to be a man. Can you raise a son? Can you raise a daughter? Are you able to minister to your wife? Are you able to be an example and lead people to Christ? Because believe it or not, man being the head of the household per how God created men are called to have a family, to have a wife, to provide for her, to protect her, to provide and protect for his kids, to lead them to Christ, to build a family that's an example of the love of Christ. 
a lot of people might not vibe with that because we live in a world where a lot of people don't believe in God, don't believe in Jesus. They all have their own beliefs. And that's a problem. And that's the biggest problem because no one wants to say that they were created by God for this purpose. When you bring up God and speaking about manhood in relation to anything, especially in relation to females, we live in a culture now where it's saying, oh, that's just old school, that's traditional. You know, we don't do that anymore. That's not how we kick it. That's not how we vibe. And it's not about kicking it. It's not about vibing. It's about knowing who you are, knowing who you were created to be. You know, <laughs> we live in a society now where anything goes. You know, if it makes you feel good, go ahead and do it. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter who likes it. If it feels good to you, then it's good. And while I'm not saying you're not free to do and say what you want to, because, hey, you are free to do and say what you want to as long as you're willing to accept what comes with it. What I'm saying is, on the other side of that is, we have a thing that if you don't like or agree with what someone else says, then you're wrong. And to bring in this new masculinity into it, if I don't fit into something, instead of just saying I don't fit into how this is defined, we redefine things. New masculinity. There's no new masculinity. There's masculinity. And people are doing what they want to do. The, the lines between male and female are being blurred. And so not to leave someone out or to make someone feel like they don't belong, we just say, you know what? We'll just change the definition of what it means to be a man because so many men don't fit into what it means to be a man. So we're just going to change it. So therefore, we could get everybody in. It's almost like now when you have kids playing in competitive sports, <laughs> it's a, well, no, you didn't win or you didn't lose. Everybody gets a trophy. No, everybody doesn't get a trophy. And a lot of people don't fit into what manhood is because one, it's a skewed view of manhood. And two, when you get the definition of manhood right, People don't fit into it because they're choosing to do their own thing and they don't want to be left out. Except what you do. If what you're doing doesn't fit into this definition, then receive that. Be cool knowing that you're doing what you want to do and don't change a definition because now once you change the definition or attempt to change the definition or add new to it, what about the people who fit into that mold now can they make the new, new masculinity? Because once it's changed, I don't fit into that either. I, I don't think so. But to get rid of all that, we need to go back to the drawing board of what it is to be a man. And again, I'm going to go with the biblical answer because that's the only answer I know. You can't go wrong when you go back to the beginning to get an understanding. I can say growing up, I did masculinity the wrong way. I grew up in a household with my mother, no father figure. To this day, I don't know my dad. And I can say that looking back, I did some things that were 
not a good showing of godly masculinity or showing forth what it is to be a man. I can say that and I can own that. And I know enough now to say, okay, although I grew up a majority of my life living less than a man, even though in my mind I thought I was the coldest man alive, I have to admit now that some of the things that I did were not right. And now all I could do is recognize those things and say, hey, you know, now I have to make a change and do better because it's people looking at me. And when I have people look at me, for one, my children, I have two sons. When they see me, I want them to be able to mimic what I do in their own life as a way of showing, okay, Dad knew what it was to be a man. I had a strong role model in my household when they see me. It doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. No, because no one is perfect. However, I have to realize that, you know, it's, it's not just about me. It's not just about doing what I want to do. I have to realize that I too must be submitted to a standard. And that standard is the standard of God because God created all of us. So the best way to figure out the purpose of a thing is to go back to the manufacturer or the creator in this. Miles Monroe says, when purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable, which means although you're born a male based on anatomy, if you don't know the purpose of your manhood, you're going to abuse it. So when you have all these people who are unaware of their purpose, then it's getting abused. And that's where we come up with this Frankenstein sense of manhood. You have people who have patchwork. They have pieces of it, right? But not all of it. It's almost like <laughs> religious denominations, how every denomination takes a piece of the Bible and they focus on that. That's basically what manhood is. We don't really have toxic manhood. We have denominational manhood. On one hand, we have the people who are just successful. They can, you can look at their life and they can show you how to be providers. They make the money. They have success in their fields. But when you look at their personal life, they may be out of integrity when it comes to male-female relationships. They may be out of integrity with their children. Then you have on one side... Men who have all the love, they know how to love. They know how to tell their kids to treat women. They know how to do all that, but yet they haven't mastered success. They may live in poverty. They may lack. They may be lazy, but they have all the love in the world. Then you have spiritual people who lead you to God, but yet they're not showing you basic fundamental things. So... While each one of these groups have something that's correct, it's denominational manhood because each one is missing a piece or pieces. So then we get to the part where you just have men just doing what they want to do. And this blurred line philosophy that says, you know, hey, if women can do it, men can do it too. Or men can do it, women can do it too. Now, I'm not one to say, I'm not saying this in a sense to say, you know, 
man is the only person who could do this and a woman can't do this or women the only thing you need to do is to do this i'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination so so let's already kill that because that's not what i'm trying to say it's just the fact of there are things that are masculine rolled and there are some things that are gender that are feminine rolled and i also want to say men have a feminine side women have a masculine side just as a man i operate more in my masculine side because i'm a man so is that's only natural so i don't we 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 have to get past the societal definitions that say you know if you're a man you can't cry you can't share your feelings you can't do this because that's a woman trait you can't talk to another man and express yourself. You can't do that. Men don't do that. No. Men who are unaware of what their purpose is don't do that. And that's a lot of us. A lot of us have that in us and think that that's an innate thing that, you know, men, we don't talk. We hold our feelings in. We can't cry. We don't do that. No, that is false. As a man, you could express yourself. As a man, it's okay to cry. As a man, it's okay to talk to another man. It's okay to have your brother's back. The only thing we do is not just hunt, kill, fight. That's not the only thing we do. There comes a time where we have to do that. However, that's not the basis of our existence. You know, you have to be able to show love. If you have children you have to be able to show them that it's okay for a man to show love it's okay for a man to show his emotions and that not be considered anything less than a man no a man is a complex person just like women are complex beings we don't fully understand this because we've been growing so long and seeing all these pictures of manhood when you see manhood you see Rambo, <laughs> you see Bruce Willis, you see Will Smith, Independence Day fighting bad boys, you see all that. And while that's all good, sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes, like taking, you have to know a particular set of skills and go out there and save your family. <laughs> you know, we have to do that. But there's a softer side, there's a side where you're pouring into your kids, there's a side where you're Telling your son that you love him. Telling your daughter that you love her. It's a side where you're in the community and you're pouring in and you're showing the world <laughs> that it's okay for a man to express himself to another man. It's okay to go up to one of your brothers, not your natural brothers, your blood brothers, but, you know, another dude and say, what's up? You know, form a brotherhood in your community where you all could come together and express the issues that you all have and hopefully that there's someone there who can give good godly kingdom advice because we're all out here as men growing daily. There are things that you know that I don't know. There are things that I've been through that you haven't been through. So we need to get past and break those barriers that says that we can't come together on things. And this is why masculinity, masculinity is considered toxic. 
because I feel like I can't speak to another man. I feel like I'm supposed to get all the money, get all the women. And that's not it. That is not it at all. I feel like I'm not supposed to settle down. I'm just supposed to go out there and hop from bed to bed because we live in a world that says boys will be boys. All men are dogs. And when you don't have proper role models in place and you grow up and all you hear is boys will be boys or all men are dogs, then what do you think that's going to produce? Instead of building up boys, instead of building up young men, instead of building up broken men, they just laid down a path of you ain't going to ever be nothing. You just a failure. You just this. You just that. Then this is what it's creating. It's creating men who have toxic habits, who don't know how to handle what they've been given. It's like a gun. A gun innately doesn't murder people. It's when people misuse it that it becomes something dangerous. And that's what manhood can be. That's what manhood has been. It's been placed in the hands of males who don't understand it and they weaponize manhood. And anything can be weaponized. But you don't blame the thing. People say social media breaks up relationships. Social media is messy. No, social media, Facebook, Instagram is a tool. It's the people on it who weaponize it and make it toxic. So that's why I want to get away from this thing of toxic masculinity. Because manhood has just been weaponized by males who don't understand what the purpose of manhood is. And when you're born as a male, hey, manhood, there it is. But the ultimate goal was to have men in place who are one, submitted to God, who can then go by those things, those rules, those mandates that were placed in him by God and pass it on, create families, create communities. But that's not what we're doing. It's just basically get it how you live. We Babylonian time now. You know, hey, they say what you don't know won't hurt you, which are the craziest which is the craziest phrase <laughs> that anybody has ever come up with. What you don't know won't hurt you. Now, let's apply that to manhood. If I don't know <laughs> how to be a man, if I don't know how to handle manhood and my masculinity, it will not only hurt those that I come in contact with, but it will also hurt me. Because here I am, I'm not being integrity with my relationships. Here I am, I may be doing women wrong because I feel like I'm supposed to fit this big man on campus thing when I got to realize it's not about that. I'm made to find one woman to marry, to be with, to create a family and show the love of God from my family. But if I don't know that, I'm going to look, I'm going to flip on the TV and I'm going to see, okay, this what it is. Okay, get money, throw money, be flashy, do this, have success, but don't commit to anybody. 
because people will say, well, there's people out there who who are not necessarily doing nothing wrong and they have success. They're not following kingdom principles. They're not being godly men per se. Yeah, but again, you'll see they have the incompletions in their life. Like you may be successful, but I can't commit to one woman. I can use her. I can make babies with her. But nah, you know, marrying her, that's, that's not cool. That's not cool. I, I, I can't do that. What I got to marry her for if, if I stay with her? You know, we don't have to be married. No, a man has no fear of commitment. That fear of commitment has been placed in us in the fact of we really don't see too many committed relationships. We see people who appear, who had the appearance of commitment, but when you look deep down into it, one sleeping in this room, one sleeping in that room, they're together because it's beneficial for business and things like that. But it's not the fact of where a man is the spiritual leader of his household and he's ministering to his wife, he's ministering to his children and being a leader in his community. It's a bunch of people out there who are being ministers to their community. They're showing their community what it is to secure the bag because that's the big thing nowadays, securing the bag. If you're a man and you're securing the bag, then you, then you own. You know, you're looking at the men, you're seeing the Tyler Perry's. He came from the bottom. Now he has the largest movie lot of all the established movie lots that he paid for with his own money. And that's great. He's teaching, he's preaching sermons. He's saying things about God. And that's great. I'm taking nothing from him. That's a, that's a great feat. Our mentor told us you have to be able to pull stuff from everybody. But then let's see where his commitments lie. Is he committed to his girlfriend? Is he committed to his wife? Is he? Is, you know, what, what is he doing? And these other things. And not saying that to say he's a bad person. Because I don't want anybody to say, oh, there you are just tearing down another black man who doing this. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that at all. Just using him as an example because he's done some really, really great feats. Accomplished some really great feats. But we really don't have those kingdom examples. Men are afraid to submit. That's why you don't see a lot of men in church because going to church, what I need to go to church for to submit, to have some man tell me how to run my house, what I need mentors for. And that's a foolish thought. But we probably all had those thoughts before. And then we look and we see churches and we see pastors, we see preachers falling every day. And people use that as an excuse not to submit themselves to them because they're saying if they're doing this, I might as well stick to what I'm doing. They're not doing anything any better than what I'm doing. But the thing about that is just find the right. Going to church is about finding the right pastor and the right leader. And every other thing, we have coaches in real estate coaches. You have basketball coaches, football coaches. It's okay to submit yourself to that. But in your own life, 
You don't want to submit yourself to another man who's going to pour into you and make you a better man, pour into you to bring you into integrity. That's, that's, we, we don't need that. We only need coaches for hobbies and for jobs, but, but not for real life. It's funny how <laughs> everything we do requires you to go through training. No one's going to let you be their doctor without you going through school and training. No one's going to let you be their dentist without you going through some type of training. Chefs, no one's going to let you cook food for them if they don't know you know how to cook and learn from your granny or your mama or something like that. No one's going to let you in their hair if they don't know that you have a history of doing it or had some kind of training or they know your talent, but yet we feel manhood is something that you're just born with. You know, you're 18, you become a man. You're 21, you're a really grown man. Though you've had no formal training, you've had no one pouring into you, but yet you're ready to be a husband, you're ready to be a father. Why? Because you've grown up and you've reached that age. No, 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 no. That is the problem nowadays. We have males who are growing up and they have this manhood and they don't know what to do with it. And they feel like, I know what it is to be a man. I know what it is to be a father. And they're coming from a point of trauma because they didn't have the proper upbringing. They didn't have a dad or the dad that they had wasn't aware of his manhood. So therefore, they experience trauma because of that. And from their trauma, they birth forth a definition of manhood based on the fact of I'm not going to be like my dad was, or I'm not going to do what my dad did. And while your dad may have done things that wasn't perfect, that's not how we should shape our manhood. That's not how we should shape our masculinity. And then we have people coming along, like I'm going to use Pharrell because he was on the cover of GQ entitled The New Masculinity, and you have men coming along talking about that. This is the new masculinity. And the line is blurred between male and female. Hey, why do these clothes have to be for men? Why do these clothes have to be for women? Why does this have to be for men? Why does this have to be for women? Why can't we all just do the same thing? We can't do the same thing because we're not the same people. And it's not for other people to redefine things. How about instead of redefining something, we get down and figure out what this definition is. As God created man again to be a provider, to be a protector, to be a minister, to direct and lead and guide his family and his community. And if you're married, to be the head of a household. Side note, if you are a boyfriend, you are not the head of your household. You're the head of your personal household because you are the ruler over yourself. However, <laughs> you can't bring up biblical truths to your girlfriend because the Bible is speaking about husbands and wives, not boyfriends and girlfriends. Also, women, stop giving men husband treatment. If he says he's going to marry you, that's great. If he asks you to marry him, that's even greater. But until he stands before the pastor, the priest, the judge, and God and says, I do, 
he has not married you. So let's stop getting caught up in the, oh, he spoke about marriage. He called me his wifey. Oh, you know, <laughs> let's get out of that. Until you're married, you're not. Until you have a ring on your finger and he said, I do, and there's some paperwork that came with it. He is not your husband. She is not your wife. Committed relationships are marriages. People say, I've been in a relationship for 10 years. I don't need to be married. No, a man does not run away from commitment. A man who wants to be with you, who understands that his purpose is to create a family and show the love of God from that family knows that he cannot do that from the place of a boyfriend. He knows that even though he may not have had the proper guidance physically in the natural, that God can lead him to a place where a man can pour into him. Because beyond popular belief, there's still good men in the world. There are still good godly men in the world. We just have to stand up and show our godliness. Godliness should not be, uh, well, let me rephrase. We should not be ashamed of our holiness or our godliness. I was created in the image and likeness of God. There are some things in the world that are acceptable that are not acceptable to me because I choose to live my life according to a godly standard. But we live in a world that's, you know, it's square if you don't do this. I don't drink. I don't go to clubs. And people look at me and say, well, what do you do for fun? It's to say that that's the only fun thing on earth to do. Or, you know, in my mind, I don't even consider that to be fun anymore. I did at one point, but then once I became mature and I understood my role as a man, and not only as a man, but as a kingdom man, then I knew it was some things that weren't beneficial to me in that respect. And the lack of true men is not only affecting men, it's also affecting women. Because when a woman grows up in a house without a kingdom man, without a man showing her what a true man is supposed to be like, she goes out and she accepts things from men who, well, let me say, she accepts things, treatment from dudes that would not be acceptable to her if she had seen how a man was truly supposed to treat a woman. A lot of women don't really know their value because that value wasn't instilled in them by a man. Let's do a thought experiment. I would say that women do things, do a lot of things. Let's say, for example, dress overly sexy, do all the hair, do all the makeup and whatnot. Not only because they feel that they want to look good for themselves, but they're doing it to grab the attention of men because somewhere along the line, they don't, didn't understand their value, so they feel that they have to do this in order to get attention. 
But if they had a man, a father or father figure in their life growing up who told them, who grew up telling them, you're beautiful, who grew up taking them out, who grew up lifting them up, who who grew up, who they grew up pouring into them, they would already have an idea of their worth. So therefore, they would know that they don't have to do these things for a man to get for a man to get their attention. Because let me tell you this, to do all these things to flaunt your body and to use that as the prime thing that you use to advertise yourself to a man is not going to keep it. Because if you use your body and that attracts me, not me per se, but a man. And I say not me because I am married, so I'm not looking for anybody. Then eventually it's going to come another body that I feel looks better than yours. So I'm going to move on to that. And then it's just going to be an ongoing cycle. And then pretty soon your body's going to fail. What was nice and tight, it's not going to be nice and tight anymore. So what then? Now you go with attempting to build character. Now you're just sad and down and depressed or you're trying to pay for this injection, pay for this lift, having this surgery, having this, that, whatever done. No. If men stand up as men right now and begin to understand their godly roles as men and understand what to do with their masculinity a lot of these things can be done away with. It's not going to be the easiest thing because we've had so many years of misused and this Frankenstein masculinity to where it's going to be caught with some turbulence. I saw a woman one day, she was having trouble picking a bag up. And so I attempted to help her pick the bag up and she got mad at me. <laughs> And I was like, ma'am, I'm, I'm, what did I do? Her reply to me was, I don't need a man to help me. I'm not weak. I'm not feeble. I could do it myself. And I told her, I was like, ma'am, I don't doubt that you could do it yourself. I'm not even saying that you need a man to do anything for you. However, when a man is present, there are some things that women you shouldn't have to do. There's some things you shouldn't have to do when a man is present. And that's, that's nothing to say against your ability. It's just based on man and woman relations. I know you don't need me to open the door for you. But if I'm present, I should. I should automatically do it. And it should be in your mind to expect me to do it. But we live in a world now where they say chivalry is dead. And I'm not even saying that. I'm not, well, I'm not even agreeing with that. I, I, what, uh, side note again. I need people who come across other people who don't know how to handle their masculinity in this aspect and just do a broad stroke and just saying chivalry is dead. Chivalry is not dead. The men you come across may not understand what they're supposed to do when women are present, but that doesn't mean chivalry is dead. 
the men you are around may act like dogs. That doesn't mean all men are dogs. We got to quit broad stroking everything. All men are dogs. No. The men you come across are dogs. And I'm not even going to say that they're dogs. Again, they don't understand their manhood. So therefore, they have doggish ways because they've been told all men are dogs. Chivalry is dead. They don't, they've been attempting to do things and been rejected. You know, they follow the rules. They're sticking. They're doing the narrow path and attempt to approach a female. And this female calls them a square, you know, because they want the thugs. And, and that leads to another thing. If a woman is raised in a household with a kingdom man, a godly man who understands his role, she won't come out thinking that the blue collar dude is a square. She won't think that the smart guy is a nerd. She won't be as attracted to the thug type. Now, granted, everybody has their preference in how a person looks and whatnot, but you won't be attracted to a dude because he lawless. Because just listen to that. Yeah, he a thug. He a D-boy. He be on the block. He be getting that money. Yeah, you know. And that's okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so your life in danger every day. You know, he got he to gotta pack the strap with him because, you know, his lifestyle is always people out there to get him. So, you know, you cool with your kids being in danger at school because, you know, you know, my dude, you know, he be banging on people. Man. That's how he get down. He cold. He the truth. Yeah, he's supplying for you. Yeah, you know, the lights on. You might have the nice cars, the nice clothes, all the purses, purse full of money. <laughs> but when them people come knock on your door or kick your door in and you doing 10 to 20 for him, I guess that's okay, right? You know, because... He got you that Birkin bag. So, you know, your life is worth that Birkin bag. Saw a female with a shirt on that said twerking for a Birkin. So that's cool. You don't know your worth. If you know you demean yourself, but at the end of it, you know, he he lace you up. That's that's cool. No. And again, it's this Frankenstein masculinity. You are supposed to provide for your wife. You are supposed to keep the lights on in your house. You are supposed to show your kids how to be successful. You know, <laughs> if you want to say, hey, you know, he was a he ran a trap house. He was a, you know, neighborhood entrepreneur. That's the, no. Take that knowledge and be a legal entrepreneur. One where you don't have to look over your shoulder. Be a man and see the young man or even an older man who are living beneath their potential and pour into them. They might buck because they're not used to it. That doesn't mean you don't try. You see a man, you see a young man doing something that 
doesn't represent manhood correctly, that doesn't represent God, you should pour into him. Don't just say, oh, well, you know, he's going to do what he want to do. Because then when that same young man come and kick your door in, you're mad. But you had an opportunity to pour into him. You had an opportunity to be a light, to lead him to God and pour into him what was poured into you. But for whatever reason, you chose not to. You know, we, we, we have to do better. And it's not, not going to be an easy thing. It's not. But somebody has to make the stand. There has to be men out there who are not afraid, who are unashamed to stand for God, to stand for the principles that were poured into every man and just choose to stand by him, even though we live in a world that godly standards are not popular. A man isn't afraid to go against the popular thing. A man stands up for what is right. Now, you know, I don't know what, you know, Martin Luther King was doing in his private life, but what he stood for went against what was popular. And he didn't care about what came from that. He stood up for a cause, though he knew it would come with trepidation. He did it anyway because it was the right thing to do. That's all I'm saying. It's going to take men to stand up against what's popular, to say, you know what, dude? That's not cool to, you know, have all these women. It's not cool to be going from bed to bed. You know, it's not cool to be cursing women out, to demeaning each other. It's not cool to be selling drugs. It's not cool just because you felt like you came from a bad part of town that it's the only way to get out. It's other ways. It's been too many men getting out of the hood for more and gaining success for legal ways. So you don't have to, you know, sell dope to get out the hood. You don't have to pimp to get out the hood. You don't have to do stuff like that to get out the hood because you can look and see that there are other ways. But it's going to take men who are not afraid to stand up and do that and to say, you know what? New masculinity? No. Let me show you not new masculinity. Let me show you true masculinity. And true masculinity starts with God. God will then lead you to another man who will pour into you and teach you and train you. And then it's a cycle for you to pour into another man and train him for women to begin to see what true manhood looks like. And it'll open their eyes and it'll help them see their worth. Because women, I'm going to let you know, you are really, really valuable. You're more valuable than you know. You are worth more than you know. Because just like men were created in the image and likeness, of Christ, of God, so are you. You read creation, you know, woman came from man, but we're all born in the image and likeness of Christ. We all have purpose. We all have value. And when a true 
man of God, shows true masculinity and comes in contact with the true woman of God who has true femininity, they come together and build a family that shows forth God. Might go against what is popular, and it's not even a might. It is going to go against what's popular. You know, but dang it, you're going to have to stop sleeping around. Dang it, you're going to have to stop demeaning women. Gonna have to stop cursing people out. And oh my, if I take that from you, what will you do? <laughs> I promise you. There is life after, you know, fornication, drinking, and cursing. There is life after that. I could attest to it. Because I've given up all of that. And my life does not seem to be any less fulfilling than it was when I thought that my life was filled, fulfilled. Really, it just opened my eyes to show that my life really wasn't fulfilled. And as a man, I did those things to fill holes in myself. When we do these things like womanizing, drinking, drugs, stuff like that, it's just to fill gaps. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm complete, so... In order to feel complete, I have to do these things that other people doing, you know, to fit in, to be accepted. But once I came to the knowledge of true masculinity in God and realized that God was the only validation that I needed, I no longer needed to do these things because you do these things for temporary bliss. Drugs and drinking get your mind off of something for a moment. But once the high come down, once the buzz go away, you're still in the same situation. You're jumping from bed to bed to fulfill the lust of the flesh. But once, once it's over, you're still in the same situation. And depending on who bed you just jumped out of, you may be in a whole nother situation that you wasn't looking for. But hey, that's what come when you do these things. So this was supposed to, I, I wanted to talk more about the new masculinity, but I'll I, I save that for another thing, for another, for another day. But truly in this was just to show that masculinity, true masculinity starts with God, starts with a mentor, starts with somebody pouring into you, starts with being bold enough to say what the world is telling you to do is not what you should do. It's telling you that you have to make a stand, that you have to make commitments, that you have to be a principled man. And you have to be able to learn from everywhere. Know your truth, not your truth, know the truth. You know, because that's this generation, this woke generation where you know your truth. But that, that's a whole nother thing, too, with these woke people. You know, <laughs> some of these people too woke. They, they on no-dos and coffee. They, they too woke for no reason. Some people need to go to sleep for a little bit. Calm down. But like I say, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a whole different thing. But once men start to raise up and stand for what it is to be a man, whole lot of things change. Whole lot of things change. You know, we'll, and we'll begin to see that. So 
I'm gonna leave y'all with that, man. It's time to stand up. I know it's some men out there who know God, who understand what it is to be a man of God, to show true masculinity. And I'm calling on you all to stand up, to go against the status quo. It's that call to action. Do what you know is tugging on you. It's something inside of you that's pulling on you, that's telling you that you need to stand up, that you need to do some things. But you've been denying it. You've been shaking it off. You've been ignoring it. What I'm telling you now, do it. Stop ignoring it. Take the charge. Stand up. Pour into that young man. Show that young lady what it is to be a man. Help her know her worth and her value. Show this young man how to be a man. Even older men, if you see older men out there who are living beneath their purpose, pour into them. We got to build this brotherhood up, man. Things got to change, and it's starting with you. It's starting with me. I'm making my stand. I'm just trying to see who out there going to make this stand with me. You know, you need some help? We here at Mark for Mastery. You can hit us up. M-A-R-K-E-D, the number four, mastery, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y, at gmail.com. If you have questions, if you are woman and have young men and, and need some answers, need some guidance, you can hit us up too at markformastery at gmail.com because it's starting now. I just want to know who I got on board with me. Again, this game and we out.